Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello. Welcome to this week's episode of the Mum and Mama podcast, brought to you as always by the wonderful Golding Accountancy. We are golding.com. If you are in need of a last minute tax return filed, then uh, these are your guys. Hi, I've just got home from shopping and I'm really out of breath because I've got to now leave to go and get the kids, but I wanted to do this quickly because I don't have any children in my house, so I won't get interrupted. But I would just like to say thank you for listening to this podcast. I do all right, considering I'm not anyone important. I mean, obviously I'm very important, but you know, celebrity-wise, I do get quite a lot of listens. (laughs) And I would just like to thank you for listening because... I do this podcast because I really like talking to people and I find people very interesting and I think I know a lot of people or that have great stories to share and also there are a lot of people that I'd like to talk to to find out about so I it's a selfish reason that I do it but also I do get a lot of feedback from people that I know saying how much they enjoy it and I do really appreciate that because sometimes it is a lot of work and I love it, but it is just another thing that I do. Not to moan too much, because I know that I'm better off than a lot of people, but you know. So it is, it's nice when I get feedback, especially from people that I don't know listen, or wouldn't expect to listen. And it's like, oh, okay, I feel like I need to keep doing this. So yeah, <laughs> happy new year. Um, but yeah, so thank you for listening. And if this is the first time you've listened, because you've listened you've tuned in to listen to the lovely crafty mc aka paul who's my guest this week then hi welcome please have a look through my other episodes because i've had loads of wonderful chats um this was originally started to be a positive um aspect on single parenthood and chatting about being a single parent but it's kind of evolved now into just a chat with really nice people so there's something for everyone But as I said, this week I have the wonderful crafty MC on who I work with and I've been asking him to come on since day dot because he's a single parent as well. But also just he's a real good laugh. I mean, this is quite a well, it's not a serious chat, but we cover a lot of different topics. Um, So, yeah, I hope you find it enjoyable. And if you do have any thoughts about who you'd like to hear me talk to, then please get in touch and let me know. I'm always looking for guest suggestions So please get in touch with me, or if you feel like you would like to come on, then give us a shout. Anyway, enjoy, and I'll see you in a bit. 
Hi, I'm DeLon Grant. And I'm Francesca Ramsey, and together we host the podcast, Let Me Fix It. Each week, we explore something from the past, and then we pitch how to fix it for today. But forget about the past. Let's talk about the new show of the moment. DeLon, did you get a chance to watch the new Queenie trailer I sent you? How dare you send me this amazing (laughs) show that took me back to every messy breakup I've ever had. Thank God I had you through my 20s. Now, you could not pay me to go back and relive those days, but thankfully, we will be living as Queenie navigates her messy 20s. The new series Queenie is now streaming on Hulu. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Work. Work. Hello. Hi, Amy. Hi. <laughs> Hi, thanks. Thanks for inviting me onto your podcast. I feel like you've. I feel like. I feel like you've got this planned. You're like you've got such a like a mischievous laugh. Like you've been waiting for this moment. I've been waiting for this moment for fucking two years, Paul. This I is your I went to ask you to come on this podcast. I mean, you only asked recently. Oh, you're so full of shit. <laughs> How's it going? Whatever, Trevor. How, how is the podcast going? Good. It's all right, you know. I feel like you're on, you're lying on your bed. Do you ever remember? Uh, I can't even remember what it was. The Channel Four Breakfast Show. I think it was Chris Big Evans. Breakfast. Big Breakfast. Yeah, you look like you're on Big Breakfast, and that should be oh, laying on the bed next love. to you. We should be. Yeah, you look. You do look a bit poorly Yatesish, don't you? Oh, thank you. you We've seen Zag. You do. Yeah. 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 Over the best. I mean, I could say yeah. you look more like Zig and Zag, but I won't be rude. I won't be rude on your podcast. <laughs> I'll take that. Won't be rude on your podcast. I'd have that. What are we going to talk about? Well, Mr. Paul Sandylands, a.k.a. Crafty MC. Hello. Hi, in the flesh. (laughs) Live and direct. We did a podcast, didn't we? We we started a podcast and then sadly... And it was really good. Yeah, I've still got plans that we're going to carry that podcast on. But obviously COVID had other plans and decided that we weren't going to carry on with what could have been the new Joe Rogan uh, show. But it, it's still could have been. still in my mind. I've still kind of got it in my head. I've got like three or four things that I should be doing other than trying to survive during COVID. Um, I know. And it's just not... The three or four things are not the things that I, that I am currently doing, which is... I'm allowed to swear on this podcast. 
You are. An yeah, it's pissing me off. I'm going to be honest with you. Really <laughs> pissing me off. But it's fine. I've had. I've done my 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 monthly rant and moan to the nearest and dearest, and they've all said you're fine. It's all okay. And I've gone okay. And then next month, when I get depressed again, I'll probably have the same conversations, <laughs> and then reset. But it's it's hard when you're your own business. And you're supporting a family on your own, yeah, as you do. Yeah, so single father, business owner, general, yeah, general, uh, general handsome guy. You know, it's, it is a tough... <laughs> dream boat. Dream boat. Um, you know, the, uh, the unclassified Mr. Universe um, of 1997. <laughs> so tell the world who doesn't know who you are, who you are. We, so we know each other because I work for you. You you do. You work for me, but I like to think you work with me. I'm that. I'm I that. I'm that boss I, until I have to give you a yeah, warning. Yeah, you're that boss. <laughs> um. So was it three years ago? Oh my god, it was four years ago. It was four years ago. I've been working with <laughs> you for four years. Yeah. With you for four years. Four years ago. Wow. Yep. Wow. Yep. That's so it. I, um. I'd met you because I'd always worked as a DJ agent and you booked... Hatcher left me... I don't think he left me to go to you, but he ended up with you. He did. He did. <laughs> yeah, we, we've both, we've both had that like... burden to carry. Hi, Terry. <laughs> Hi, Hatcher. Oh, love him. <laughs> love him. Um, he, he was doing a night and he booked a D, you booked a DJ from me, so we'd kind of met. That's it, yeah. And then... You are friends with my very good friend, Mr. Lawrence Bagnall. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say friends. I'd, I'd classify as family. <laughs> I'd Fam- say more yeah. family. But like that family. annoying cousin that you see once a year at Christmas. <laughs> that kind of family member. Yeah, I've, I, think, I think I even got you in my phone still as Amy Agent from when I booked whoever I booked yeah, through you. And then obviously Amy Ballman. Benny Hill. That was it, Benny Hill. Yeah. yeah, that was it. So I I was having dinner at Lawrence's and talking about how I needed to get another job. And he was like, oh, my mate Paul needs a hand with his agency. He's looking for someone. So I contacted you and you sent me a very professional email back. I did. Detailing what you wanted. First, for first impressions, Amy. <laughs> this is the thing. And then four, four years later, you wonder where that professionalism <laughs> dropped. Um, and I was a bit like wow, this is like proper, and then didn't have the time to respond to you because I was so busy, and then I thought, actually, do you know what? I haven't got time to take on any more work, so thanks, but no thanks. Did you reject me? And then literally, I think I just emailed you to say, because I think I kept emailing you saying, I'm so sorry I've not replied to your email yet, I've just been really busy, and then the amount of time it took me to realise that I I wasn't going to respond because I didn't have time, I didn't therefore have time to take on the job. Do you know what I mean? It was just. Oh yeah, I think I think that's and then and lot. then I think you messaged a week later and went, actually, can I have it? And I went, yeah. yeah. So literally, as soon as I said, no, I'm all right, thanks. Then my landlord came around and told me that he was selling the flat that I lived in and I needed to move and I needed to earn a third more money because all the rent had gone up by. Ah, so we, we've got your landlord so, to thank on that one. We have got my landlord. It was meant to be. Thank you, oh, thank you, Mr. Landlord. Thanks for that. Um. So I messaged you and was like, actually, no, can I, uh, can I get a job, please? I know. And if we, if, and if, if we yes. look back on it now, we laugh. We laugh and laugh. Oh, we laugh. We laugh until we cry. And um, we've, like, a bit like Pinky in the Brain. Yes. We've been trying to take over the world for the last four years. Yeah. But unfortunately, two of those years 
was COVID and no club events could happen. No, I think so, I think the I think what's wound me up the most is that before COVID, so obviously I just bought a house. You know, I'd spent four or five years prior to that. You know, really saving up and and working really really hard to you know give you know my kids a future, um, and you know put some property within my my life so that you know there was a fallback and you know I was I think I was what 30, 37, 38, 39, something like that around around the late thirties. Yeah. Let's go late thirties. So it was obviously like late thirties. You know, life's ticking by. I've now got two children, single father, um, and I was like, I need, to, I need to, I need to start, you know, pulling my finger out and getting a property in place because otherwise I'm just going to be living in rented properties. And you know, I had the realization. Yeah. So obviously that was in August 2019, and then the pandemic kicked off in March 2020, and as you all know, it was absolutely flying. In March 2020, yes. we were absolutely smashing it. We'd we'd knocked, you know, we were ten percent over all our yearly figures. Um, you know, Louis obviously was on board, and you know he was still quite new to what he was doing, but he was absolutely flying with his little roster as well. Um, and life was good. Life was good. I was talking to Alex and Mark at Compass Agency about taking you know their agency on, and them guys coming to work with us. And I thought this is it. This is the you know, the 10 years later, it's the turning point. Everything's great. You know, I'd, I'd faced for 10 years a real you know, real struggle, a lot of adversity, you know, a, a, a severe breakup. I'd lost my dad. Um, you know, there was a two-year period leading into me then, you know, saving for the house where, you know, I was, I was in a really bad place. And I, I, I promise you now, there are many people that would have been in the same position and probably wouldn't have carried on in life. You know, they might have, yeah. they, they would have sunk very hard. So I was really proud of myself to come out of that and really, you know, take the ball by the horns and get through that 10 year period, you know, in business and personal life. And then six months later, <laughs> six months later, when I finally dropped my guard and went, this is it, this is it, we're finally getting some positivity back. Six months later, I'm going, this is it, guys. We're smashing it. And then a month after that, I'm going, I'm going to lose my house. How am I going to feed my children? Oh, my God, I'm going to lose Amy and Louie. And, you know, it, it, honestly, it, it, I don't understand. I feel like I'm in some limbo of hell where I've done something terrible in my life. But I know I haven't. I haven't done anything wrong. Like, are you sure about that? I, I might have stolen some penny sweets one time, or you know, been horrible <laughs> to someone. But no, I just, I, I, it's really difficult to try and be positive over the last two years. I do feel like I'm in this negative spiral at the moment, and you know, there. Do you feel like there's a light at the end of the tunnel? A bit so now, the, this is my problem. I thrive on seeing a light at the end of tunnels. And yeah. I know that if there is, and you know, the many conversations I've had with you where I've been like, don't worry, this is, I'm doing this and this is going to happen. And, you know, you've, yeah. you've personally seen when I'm set on doing something, I'm going to do it and it comes true yes. and we yeah. grow something and I go, right, I've grown that next. And I'm very motivated by seeing that light at the end of the tunnel and, and being able to kind of, you know, hit a goal. And I don't find there is a goal at the moment. I can't see the end of it and that's I think is what's really you know really challenging my mental 
state yeah. at the moment. It's the it's definitely the biggest depression I've ever been in. Um, but I don't look at that as a weakness. I do look at that as a chance to get out of that. And, and, and you know, not, yeah. not, not discrediting depression at all, but I do pride myself on being able to see when I'm depressed and work out a way out of that depression. Yes. But this yeah. moment in time is really fucking testing me, excuse my French, like is really yeah. testing that boundary that I know that I'm so good at being able to cross. So yeah. there is a light at the end of the tunnel. I'm just struggling to see it. Or let's say I can see it, but it's really fucking distant away. And so yeah. it's very faint. But it, it, like, I know it's going to be fine. It will be fine. It, it is always fine. If you think, I mean, at the start of it all, you didn't know whether there was going to be an agency left did you? And no, I thought that was it. I thought we were done. It through, it's been nearly two years and we're still yeah. here. Yeah, I mean, it's two years. It's, you know, I, I, I haven't been able to take, you know, a wage. I haven't been able to kind of really do what I want to do in life. Everything's been kind of pulled back and, and you know, minimised and, you know, money isn't being spent in a way that could be spent to grow or to, you know, productively. Um, it is literally just buying food for the table and, you know, if, yeah. if a light bulb goes, getting the light bulb. You know, the, the development and the growth isn't happening and I think that's what's playing the most because, I, I A, this is not my fault. That really bugs me. Yeah. You know, if it was my yeah, fault, yeah. at least I can go, right, I fucked up, let's, let's crack on again. Are you sure about that? Pretty point? sure I didn't start COVID. Although, okay. I know that you had COVID and we didn't know you had COVID, so maybe it was you. Just going to put that me. out there. But it, yeah, it, it's tough. It is tough, and you know we we haven't had um, you know we haven't had much in way of you know government grants and all that sort of stuff. You know, personally, yeah. the, the self employment grant has been really really helpful. That's really got me through, um, yeah. as it did you know for yourself. And you know, I think yeah. you were more shocked at that because you were like, oh, I didn't know, I didn't know I qualified for that. So yeah. you know, it it's not been bad. It has been okay. It's the fact that I can't progress, I can't grow, I can't develop any further than what the current yeah. is. And taking on another job just to kind of bring in some money to pay the bills, whilst then still trying to grow the agency or keep the agency alive, yeah, has been pretty much the toughest thing I've had to do in my life. And, ev- and you've done it. So far. Everyone keeps telling me brighter days are coming, but... Yeah. It, it, we do not going to get any worse, is it? I mean, it it could. You don't know. I'd like to think it's not going, to. <laughs> but it, but it could. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna be real. It, it, it could, really, it really yeah, could. You know. But I like I like to think that we've had the toughest of it, and that you know we we're gonna yeah. come out the other side. But you know, it, I, I think it's. I think had this been a year long, we'd be having a different conversation. But because we're now into yeah. the you know we're now into the third year, this is now our third yeah. year of this. And and I'm still not sure where it's going because, you know, we've, we've booked in loads of shows and suddenly things are happening again. And then beginning of December, we're cancelling all those shows again. So there's only there's only so much of that that you can take when you're trying to grow. You know, if you keep yeah. if you keep yeah. growing a flower and it keeps dying, eventually you're going to stop trying to grow the flower because you're doing something wrong. And it's either got yeah. it's either got to change, and you know it all something else will happen, or it will just go back to normal. And yeah, 
you know, I know some people will just jump at a chance like that and they'll go and smash it. And, you know, uh, one of one of our guys, uh, Theobald over in France, you know, he kind of went and built a online platform for students during the whole pandemic thing. So, you know, he, he kind of seized an opportunity there. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'm built that way. I take a lot longer to get somewhere than other people, but I do get there and my determination always shows on that. So, yeah. you know... There's stuff that I was doing 10 years ago that I wouldn't do now. But, you know, there's stuff that other people just walk into it, something and do it, do what I'm doing at this level. You know, it's it, yeah. for people are different. I think as long as we just get out of this and we can then start rebuilding, then it's all going to be fine. And we will smash the shit out of it. But yeah, but lights at the end of the tunnel. That's that's my biggest struggle because I, I can't quite see at the yeah. moment. This is a hard time of year anyway. This is always a shit time of year for everything. So that doesn't help. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's, I think holiday blues kick in in January as well. Yeah. Yeah. March will yeah, be, March will be, the, March will be the telltale. But do you know what? Yeah. I, 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 I do watch, I watch TV programs on occasion and something will happen in a TV program and I'll suddenly perk up and I'll go, oh my God, that's real. Like, that's really inspirational. I watched, um, Something on National Geographic last night um, about uh, uh, Mount St. Helens exploding in 1980. And it killed like 57 people. Like, I, I never actually knew that this event had happened. So I was like... I don't know that that happened. Oh my God. What, watch the documentary if you can. And yeah. it was basically the volcano had never erupted in the way... It changed. Where is it? It's in America, but it, the the, vul- okay. the explosion itself changed um, the way that volcanoes are studied, right? So oh, it, wow. it caused a bulge because it had all been documented on camera and photos and stuff. No one had ever caught that before, so it was massive turning point in the volcano world where you know predictability and things that happen. It was like the the, the biggest landslide ever recorded. Um, <gasps> there was like you have to watch it; it's brilliant, but. There was a guy, one of the camera guys had been caught up in um, the first blast. And what the first blast does is it basically pushes out like gas. And as the gas kind of travels at speed, it heats up. And basically, you know, that's what vaporizes things. He survived that initial blast and then spent something like four or five hours slowly dying as he was trying to walk out of like the ash cloud. And he did it. And you could, you could see this light at the end where he was trying to get to, but his like his breathing was slight, like the ash was getting in his lungs. He was at the oh edge of death and he was just walking. And he was like, my breathing's going, I'm, I'm, this is it, I think I'm going to die. And then obviously it all clears and he gets out to it and he's like, oh my God, I'm alive! <laughs> and I kind of sat upright, I went, that's fucking what's going on now. That's exactly what's going on. Just keep yeah, walking. Yeah. And this is, like yeah. I said, with my period of two years, it was really tough. Most people wouldn't be able to survive that. But I remember going back to that and thinking, just keep going. Just keep going. Yeah. It's yeah, shit. Yeah. It's horrible. You're, you're, you're sinking in mud. But keep going because otherwise, what, what are we doing? Everything comes you're from... You're so lucky you've got that. Yeah, but I, th- oh, I think I've had a lot of adversity that. to get that. And I think that's, you know, that I've had a lot of knockbacks in life, which has made me carry on. I'm very much at the point of no, like, you know, you're not going to stop me doing what I want to do. I'm going to do what I want to do. And that ranges from, you know, from my parents, from friends, from 
people that you don't know, and that started from a young age. Um, yeah. And I think you have to get knocked back. And my dad was always very good at saying, if you get knocked down, stand up, dust yourself down and go again. And I very much take yeah. that in my life. It's hard. It yeah. is shit. Life isn't fun. But keep going. That that alone is very... And you chose one of the most difficult like industries to get into because you're a performer, aren't you? Yeah, I, cho- I, chose, and that's... I chose not only one of the difficult positions in as a performer but I then chose one of the difficult you know positions behind the scenes so I picked being an agent which is bloody tough and obviously I was an MC which you know is so what led you to becoming really an MC tough. um I mean there was a couple of things really I remember being at uh, a youth club in um Lucy Farm which is in Luton where obviously I obviously grew up most of my teen life um I remember, a, I remember a guy, I won't say his name because I remember exactly who it was, but I remember saying to him, um, it was when Jungle was starting, you know, uh, Cool FM and, you know, the rise of yeah. like Skibbity and people like that. And I remember going, oh, this is wicked. I really want to do this. And I remember him saying, you can't do that. You're white. And I was a bit, <laughs> I'm going to fucking do it then. That was kind of the start. And don't get me wrong, for the first two, three, four, maybe even five years, I was absolutely dog shit. Like... And I, sometimes I thought, yeah, maybe he had a point. Maybe I can't do this. But I kept going. And again, you know, people telling me I couldn't do it was what drove me to do it. Yeah. And that kind of pushed me to do it and go a bit further. Did and you used to, like, sing or anything before that or act or anything when you were younger? Or was this literally the first thing that you... No, I used to do... Um, I mean, I used to do drama in school. I used to love drama and yeah. stuff. And I used to love music in school. So... You know, there was there was a way through with it. I remember my dad saying that you know I'd never break into the industry because so many people try and fail, um, and that was a big motivational drive for me because I really wanted to prove him differently. Um, yeah. You know, because he because of that pessimistic thought, I thought, no, I'm, I'm going to fucking do this. I'm going to I'm going to go and thrive. And and I remember so talking. How did you get into it? Just, just through the youth club. It was just basically like you know was, there was a DJ there and. You know, a couple of blokes were emceeing. And I remember doing it in my last... Um, I remember not being very popular in secondary school. Um, probably a bit dorky, a bit geeky. But I remember then doing it on stage at the end of year prom, like when we left. <laughs> and I mean, you're 16 years old thinking you're the bollocks because you can spit a few bars. And I remember doing it, and afterwards, everyone was coming up to me going, oh, my God, that was incredible. I can't believe you you can do that. And they're little moments that change your direction. And, you know, it was the first time I actually felt accepted in that school. And, it, you know, it was at the end. And I thought, oh, actually, people actually clop onto something I'm doing. And and it's really weird because I see Charlie, like my son, doing things now where I can see the same frustrations he has you know he's he's highly intelligent but you know he, he's not a fighter he's very sensitive and very delicate and you know he wants to solve problems by helping and being kind and I remember being that kid and you know hitting the teen years and as we know teens can be horrible creatures um and it changing you know that kind of changed as I went on and I, I can see him go in the same sort of direction but what I'm trying to do differently with him is make him see, you know, and trying to talk with him and make him see, you know, what silly little things that he does and maybe ways that he can change that and, 
you know, trying to help him understand that, you know, if you untie your shoelaces before you take them off, you won't struggle to put your shoes on. You know, little tiny things. And he doesn't get it, but I know that he'll get it later on. But it's interesting to see as a parent that, you know, I've got two characters who are completely different and one of them is exactly the same as what I was. And I wonder, wonder what his drive is going to be in life. I wonder what's going to take him and, you know, what, what's going to hurt him? Because I feel that you have to be hurt a little bit in this world to develop and progress, to understand that... Well, failure, you have to fail to succeed, you've don't got you? To. You've got to. You have to. You've got to make mistakes, otherwise you can't learn not to make them. And, and I do... There was these um, people that joined the gym, and um, they were really wealthy. And I, there, it was a couple, and the woman like the girlfriend of the guy that he was the one with all the money have they made you a proposition i hope they haven't propositioned you is this what is this why we're on this podcast you're basically announcing to the world you're leaving because you've been offered two million for a free up yeah i wouldn't mind (laughs) me neither Um, well no actually (laughs) i'd do it for a tenner at the moment to be honest um so and she said that he was he was having the problem because he wasn't getting the results that he wanted quick enough because he's used to getting whatever he wants. Yeah. Because his family literally have had so much money that like he doesn't work, he's never worked. Yeah. And I did think, I actually don't think, I think I'd rather be in the position that I'm in now than I would be in that position. Because it's like, what? I don't really get what you'd get out of what, what what's What's the goal? For anything. Yeah, what's the goal? Like or struggle or you'd never really appreciate anything. It's like really spoiled kids. They don't appreciate what they've got. No, no, 100%. They don't know what it's like not to have it. And I just feel, I, I don't think I'd like to be like that. I mean, obviously, I'd like money now. If I won the fucking lottery, I'd be well happy. Yeah, of course. I wouldn't have to worry about, just to have that security of not having to worry. I do, I do believe anything. that the saying money doesn't make you happy was made by someone who didn't have any money. Like, I do think money, I find that a lot of my issues are money related. And if I had all the money, I wouldn't have those problems. There is, I did... You will have other problems. Of course, of course. But I do do find that a lot of my happiness comes from solving the problems. And, you know, those problems only lead on to other problems. But solving problems is what kind of gives you a sense of completion. And, you know, I do... If someone was to go to me, here's 10 million, now go live your life. Trust me, I would live an amazing life with that money. Uh, but I'd still yeah. want problems. I'd still want to solve problems. I'd Could still... you give up work? Because that's what I think. I, like, I, in my head, if I won the lottery, I still think, well, I'd still have to do the agency stuff because I can't leave Paul. No, I think, I think that, <laughs> I, firstly, have, you know. firstly, I'd like to think you'd give me some of that money because I promised you that I'd give you some money if well, I won the lottery. Yeah, no, I would <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think I would work in the way that I do now. I think I would work in yeah. a different way. I think I'd look more on the investment side and I'd more do stuff that was accommodating to an easier life. Um, yeah. Because I find that the work we do is is very highly stressful. It's, you know, yeah. you're dealing with multiple personalities and multiple personalities who look after them personalities. And you have to then accommodate your personality to match those. So it's a it's a tough industry in that sense, um, but I would definitely, I would definitely change as a person, and I would be an absolute arsehole with my money, and I'd be a snooty prick. <laughs> no, I joke. I wouldn't be that guy, but I, I would definitely, I would definitely, I would work differently. I'd work more. I'd work in a more accommodating way that 
in, inspired me to do more. I think the problem I have is, I, 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 like I say, I've got three or four things that I try and work on that I think, you know, eventually will come to fruition. So I'd, I'd want to put more focus into things that I wanted to do to try and, you know, make them successful, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. Yeah. So emceeing, when did you start? So did you, when did you start emceeing in clubs and stuff? Like, how did you go from youth club to... Slowly. Rampage. I remember, I remember talking to IC3. And saying to him, I'm really frustrated. Like, I feel like I'm really, really working hard to to do something in this industry. And I'm not getting any bookings. And he said, it will come, though. You've just got to carry on and it will come. So this this ties in again with, you know, current situations. Keep walking. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just happened. It just happened that suddenly, like, I used to go out with Swanee, uh, you know, in the early days and that kind of, that really helped me to kind of, um, uh, that was the training session, if you like, that kind of, you know, showed me that, you know, because I could only really manage 40 minutes in a set and that last 20 I always struggled with because my voice would go and then I remember being out on a show with Skibbity and Skibbity was, you know, we were having a really good chat and he was saying to me about um, breathing techniques and he was like, you know, you've really got to focus on your breathing technique. Like lyrically is fine. You know, your presence is absolutely fine. But your breathing technique is probably what struggles you for that last 20 minutes. So I put a lot of focus into the breathing techniques when I was performing and then managed to get to that hour mark. Then I was I was getting a lot of tension pain when I was performing. So I would come off of a set and no one really knows this. This is the first time I'm saying this. But the whole back of my head would be absolutely um, excruciatingly painful because of the tension that was coming from performing. And I had to hide a lot of that because I didn't want to see. I remember DMX coming off of a show and collapsing because he was asthmatic. And I remember watching him and being inspired by the way that he absolutely smashed the show, came off and collapsed and needed his inhaler straight away. And was, he was broken for a 20 minute period after that. And I felt like that every time I came off of a set. So I was fighting, I was fighting a lot of demons on that aspect. And then I'd go out with, uh, with fantasy. I got residency for innovation. So there was, there was a whole, there was a whole kind of list of things, um, that were, you know, led to ultimately, you know, getting my own bookings and stuff. Then I completely switched it over to dubstep. Um, and that's when obviously then I became an agent because Dr. P needed, uh, needed someone to look after his bookings. And I was like, oh, I could do that. I worked in a, in an agency yeah. prior, um, with supplying staff into warehouses. So it's completely different, but it was, you know, it's the same, the same principles. Yeah. Um, yeah. and so that thus, you know, kind of Paul MB artist was born and the agency was born. Um, but with the MC in, you know, it was a it was a twenty two year career that I had. I toured the world with it. I'm eternally grateful for what I did because I proved so many fucking people wrong. And I always said I'm I'm I don't want to be the biggest. I don't want to be the best. I don't you know I don't ever consider myself to be up there with any of the greatest MCs. But I promise you now, I fucking toured the globe with it, and not many people could yeah. have said that. So yeah. It's an amazing thing. Yeah, it is. It? it is. What's the biggest crowd you've played to? I mean, Rampage is up there. Rampage is... is... How many go to Rampage? So, on paper, 15,000. But we'll we'll leave it there. 
Because there is unofficial. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 15,000. I think I did... I think I played Poland. I think that was something like 20,000. And... So, yeah, I mean, I've performed... Yeah, I have, I've performed to big crowds. You know, I've performed all over the UK, all over the world. You know, I've ticked off basically, you know, most of the major cities that you can think of and continents and everything else. And, you know, I've got a map in my office where I've put pins into all the locations that I've ever been. And, it, you know, it's, it's an impressive little map. But here's one thing that I kind of clocked when I did this. I kind of went, you know, I've toured most of the world and I put pins in all the places that I've been to. And then I stepped back and looked at it and went, Jesus Christ, the world is huge. I haven't even touched it in the way that I thought I had. Yeah. You know, and it, it's quite, yeah, it's quite, quite, quite big. I didn't quite realise how big the earth was until I started putting pins in it and went, Oh, I haven't been that many places actually, <laughs> but I have. But I have. I have toured. You know, I've toured. You know, Australia and America and Africa and you know, I've 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 been all over the all over the world, and I'm really grateful for that because, you know, I wouldn't have been booked if it if if talent wasn't recognised, and yeah. you know, it, it ultimately led to the agency where I, you know, the the biggest benefit was that I performed in a lot of clubs, and you know, when a promoter hit me up to you know book someone to play somewhere yeah. you know chances are I've played in that club and I've gone yeah I know the club let's let's do it so you know no one could kind of pull any wool over your eyes as to how many people are in the club or you know the location yeah. and stuff like that and it helps logistically because obviously I you know I know where to get to A to B so you know it's been a transition from being MC into agent um, I'm pretty confident I've retired the MC aspect now because of Covid oh really yeah, I kind of, I've, I've kind of really enjoyed spending time with my children at weekends, and yeah. you know, giving them some attention. And at you know, the last year, as you know, I've been working solidly for twenty twenty one hours yeah. a day yeah, with very yeah. little sleep, and my health's been affected by it. But the one thing that I've really looked forward to is just spending time with Charlie and Savannah, and you know, yeah. playing games with them, or you know, just just even sitting down and having dinner with them. And I know, I know people say, you know, you've got to make sacrifices if you want to progress in this world. But I feel like I sacrificed 22 years and, you know, weekends and not seeing friends or family and stuff like that. Yeah, I yeah. want to enjoy them growing yeah. up. And, you know, I think, yeah. I think the biggest thing that is a struggle at the minute is the work-life balance. Because it yeah. is all work. It is yeah. all work, work, work. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's, yeah, I think, so- I think this is official. We're announcing maybe I've retired. But again, oh a friend, a friend that may be in there just in case, because someone might go, "Do you want to do this?" And I go, "Yeah." Yeah, the thing is, you can do the odd show here and there, can't you? It's just yeah. I think I'll just be very selective no. with it, but you know, it's yeah. it done. It it I I I feel like I completed the task of being an MC. You know, yeah. whatever my goal was to in that career, I well and truly smashed it. Yeah. I personally think because I didn't think I'd ever go any further than you know, the UK with it and to go to places like Australia and, you know, before my dad died, I can't, I remember having a conversation with him where I'd showed him this magazine piece and he never said anything, but you could just see, you know, the part of him that was like, wow, you actually did it. You know, you could yeah. just see it. And I remember in his eulogy, um, when I'd done Glastonbury, I remember telling him, um, I was playing Glastonbury because he watches Glastonbury every year on, on the telly. And he was like, oh, 
oh really and I was like yeah it's not going to be on telly or anything so don't worry it's in one of the smaller kind of stages but I've ticked Glastonbury off and he was like oh right okay and I remember going to uh, we went to a family gathering and I was talking to uh, one of my cousins Chris who's about my dad's age and he was saying to me I've heard you, you you've done Glastonbury and I was like yeah, like, who's told you that? He's like, oh, I had a full-blown conversation with your dad about it and how proud he was, and, you know, he, he was absolutely delighted for you. And the the I was absolutely like, wow, he's actually taken a bit of pride, like, he's actually proud of me, because I think yeah. you, you kind of seek that from your parents. And that was kind of a big part of him passing on, is just whether I made him proud enough or, you know, whether what I did was a decision that... And, you know... I came to realise once I then had my own children and once he'd kind of gone that a lot of the pessimistic stuff that he was talking to me about was was his own failings and, you know, business failed that, that he had. And, you know, he was, I didn't know this, he was one of the resident DJs for Epping Forest Country Club. And, no yeah, and he wanted to go into that world and be a DJ and it never happened for him. So on reflection, a lot of the failures that he had, he was passing on to me to say, I've had these failures, you won't make it because of my failures. And I like to think that I've succeeded and passed, you know, passed his expectations and proved to him that, you know, yeah, you failed, but I didn't. And, you know, but I'll fail at other things. And there's a very good quote about, you know, I drive a bike, my son will drive a car and... Yeah. and there's a passing down you always want your children to go one better than what you did and yeah. I reflect that with Charlie because I remember Charlie saying to me I want to play computer games when I'm older and I said to him if that's really what you want to do I will fully support that if that's what you want to do as a career I will 100% support it but you've got to work hard for it and yeah. you know I hope he does succeed in doing something like that he's probably not going to be a computer game player because he's a child. He's like, I want to play computer games. I want to be lazy. Like, I fully get it. But I don't feel like I had the sort of support from my parents that I'm giving to my children. But I think the, the, the age and the time in their life is completely different. You know, I think they had a lot of adversity that they, they you know, they passed on to me to protect me, which effectively then goes, you know, we're in a different time yeah. now. You know, my yeah. struggles are completely different to what their struggles would have been. So, yeah. yeah, it was nice that doing that and having a successful career in something that I wanted to do and that I loved and I made relatively okay money out of it, but it was never yeah. about the money. It was just about the glory. And I feel like I got that glory. Yeah. I feel like I completed that part of my life. And so, you know, when COVID struck and then, you know, Charlie and Savannah were getting some attention, I thought, yeah, do you know what? This is, this is all timed the way it should have timed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's nice. Yeah. Isn't that, yeah. isn't that lovely? So, that's lovely. So, single parent then. How long have you been a single parent for? How old were the kids? Uh, one and three. So, that's six six years. Okay. Oh, same as me. Yeah, six years as a single dad. Yeah. And how have you found it? Hard. Yep. really difficult and not not just the parenting aspect the parenting bit I actually enjoy it's it's everything else that goes with trying to run a business and then trying to run a house and then trying to be a parent you know I don't have the support of someone as you well know to you know clean the house while I do my work or you know I'll yeah. clean the house you take the kids out or whatever the case may be and yeah. 
you know, don't get me wrong, the breakup with their mum was atrocious and painful and horrendous. But we've managed to get to a really good point of co-parenting, which I'm like really thankful for. You know, we, yeah. we've got a good routine in place for the children. I think damage limitation has been done to, you know, what they might experience as a broken home. Yeah. And ultimately, you know, we've we've been very grown up about the whole scenario and making sure that, you know, they come first and anything they need, we talk about it. And, you know, we've maybe had one or two arguments along the way. Um, but, you know, that's human nature. Yeah. But, yeah, really, really hard and... Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't wish it. The problem is, I'm from a stable home, as I, as you are. I know. You know, I'm yes, from yeah, parents yeah. that stayed together. You know, brother and sister. Everything was. You know, you, you grew up in a loving house. But I remember my dad saying to me that we, that as a family, we were the rare ones, and I, I never really understood yeah. it until I grew up. You know, and kind of went, shit. You know, there's single parents all over the place. You know, staying together and being a family unit is actually the hard work. Break, yeah. Breaking up and going your own way is easy, you know, but staying together and, and, and getting through tough periods of your life and at the end of it still being there. You know, I know yeah. I know couples that are solid as fuck who have been like, I mean, it, we, it broke us once or twice. We nearly, you know, we nearly divorced. We nearly broke up because, yeah. you know, the, the hurdle they've had to cross has been really, really tough. So, yeah, you know, God bless anyone who's a single parent and, you know, even more praise to anyone who's stuck at it and, you know, they're together 40, 50 years later. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've been a single parent and I don't want to meet anyone else because I'm just so used to my own ways now, so. <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a funny situation to be in, I think, when, when you've been on your own for so long yeah. to then think about having someone else in your life. Yeah. It's, yeah. Trying to, yeah. Like, imagine having to... Even something so simple as what shall we watch tonight? Like me and the kids, we have our movie night every other Friday and, you know, we'll get popcorn and we'll have fish and chips and like that's their, that's the highlight of their time. They're like, we want fish and chips yeah. and movie night. You know, and I was talking to him this morning and I said, what are we watching tonight, kids? And Savannah was like, I want to watch uh, The Greatest Showman. And Charlie was like, well, yeah, okay, let's watch that. And I, in my head I thought, imagine I had to do that with a partner and have a decision about what we're watching. <laughs> Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it, and then at the but then could you be with someone who didn't like the same TV and films as you? I don't, I don't know because at the moment in my life, I'm not prepared to find out. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's just I know I know couples that have they watch different telly stuff. I'm like, but how can you be with someone if you don't want to watch the same? No, I guess, I but I guess strange. I guess that's just the independence of of you as a as a human, isn't it? You know, there's there's stuff that you've said that you've watched over time, and I've got I've tried to watch and I've gone what the fuck is this? This is awful. And there's other stuff you've recommended and I've watched it and gone, oh, this is absolutely incredible. So I guess it's just a difference of people. Some people watch TV. Yeah. I, when, before I go to bed at night, I normally poke my head out the window and just kind of glaze over, <laughs> glaze over everyone else's houses. And the, the guys at the back of the house, they're always watching TV. From about seven o'clock onwards, they're that gen- generic sit down, have your dinner, watch TV, go to bed yeah. people. I can't think of anything worse than that sitting down and watching telly all night long. I can't, it just doesn't work in my head. Yeah. Like, finishing work at nine o'clock and then watching a documentary for an hour before bed kind of works with me. But even then, I'm, I sit there feeling guilty that I'm not working, you know. But yeah. you've, got, you've got to take time. You've got to have a break. So, yeah, 
I just don't understand how people can be together full stop. I think that's where I'm at now as a solo parent. Because <laughs> I'm pretty adamant as well that then once once the kids are grown up and they're on their way, I'm going to get a dog and I'm going to go into dog. Yes. I'm going to, I'm going to give dog owning a go and see how that goes because yeah. I haven't really done that. See you with a dog. Yeah, I've already I've already picked my breed. I'm gonna go Portuguese oh, gonna Portuguese get? pointer. That's my breed. Oh, I'll have a little Google. Yeah, have a little Google. So yeah. So how how did you come from saying that you're gonna do Dr. P's bookings to running a full on massive agency? I mean you just Flux Flux Pavilion was introduced to me by Dr. P. And then he was like, do you want to do my bookings? And then he, and then Dr. P was like, oh, this guy, Funkcase and Cookie. You know, Cookie Monster, God rest his soul. Um, so then I, I had the four. The problem I had was um, I, don't, I had another guy, Julian, that was working on the agency. And we were kind of talking and we couldn't understand why people weren't booking the circus guys. And the circus guys were getting bookings, but what we found was that people, if I tried to hit up an artist about coming on board, they thought we were part of Circus Records. So they thought we were exclusive okay. to Circus. So me and Julian kind of sat one day and were talking about, you know, rebranding it. Maybe we need to look at, you know, calling it something else. So MB Artists was obviously born, which is Maximum Boost agency. Yeah. So MBA was born from that point. And we then... Uh, we knocked up some flyers and went over to ADE, had loads of meetings with, you know, promoters from Europe and UK. And we were like, look, this is our thing now. We're, you know, we're an actual agency now. We're not tied in with Circus. And then obviously more and more, you know, Hatcher then came on and, you know, uh, Pogman and Point Blank and, you know, all these kind of names started to kind of appear and it's just kind of snowballed from there. Um, I think the difficulty was trying to get, you know, bigger artists that obviously generate bigger money um, whilst then trying to help the other artists grow and blossom and become bigger yeah. themselves. Um, you know, that's that's effectively the challenge of being an agent. Um, and it was all done at a time when dubstep was considered dead. So, like I say... I oh, really? Yeah, I definitely picked the worst route to, to go. When did you start the agency then? Uh, 10, 11 years ago, so 2010. Okay. 2009. 2009. Okay. So, you know, no, that's, is that is that right, 2009? Yeah, 2009. So, yeah. you know, there, there's been there's been a lot of chop and change and, and trying to... And, and also, I, I haven't had training in any, in any of it. You know, no one's taught me how to be an agent or how to be an agent. Yeah. You know, I haven't gone into a big company and, you know, like Coda or Echo or something like that, and they've shown me how yeah. to do it. I've, I've had to learn it all on my own and goes back to what I'm saying. I might not pick the quickest route to do something, but I'll get there in the end, you know, and, yeah. and it's I perhaps maybe should have been where I am now five years ago if I was working in a bigger agency, you know. Yeah. But I enjoy the freedom of being my own boss. I enjoy, you know, the challenge of trying to grow something. And, you know, if you think our main competitors are some of the biggest agencies in the world, it's not, yeah. it's not fucking bad going. You know, yeah. and I might be, you know, we might be like a feeder agency where, you know, the bigger ones will snap up our biggest, but we've maintained relationships. We've kept, you know, we've kept a lot of artists on our roster for years and, you know, we've been loyal to that and yeah. loyalty goes a long way, you know? Yeah. 
It does. It does. It really does. does. It really does. <laughs> Do you miss it? Do you miss performing? Yes. Yeah. I don't miss the 23 hours travelling either side of it. I don't yeah. I don't miss the getting up to get flights and and you know sitting in a hotel room for 8 hours before you're set and you know only having yeah. 25 euros to spend on a meal. I don't miss that. Um yeah. I miss being on stage, I miss performing, I miss entertaining. Um Would you be a kids entertainer? Have you ever considered that? Well, the truth be known, I am officially the uh, Father Christmas for my children's old school. <laughs> and last year, well, just December gone, I was also promoted to their other school that falls in their academy. So um, I, don't, I don't like the wig. I don't like hair. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. I was very hot in the costume. I was walking across the playground with loads of kids latched onto my leg. Um <laughs> you know, scared I was going to squish one, teachers peeling them off. Um, I didn't realise how big of a celebrity Father Christmas was until yeah. they were all screaming my name and latching onto me in the playground. That's quite a nice job, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's all right. Um, would I would I be an entertainer for children other than that? Probably not. I'm looking into no. voiceovers at the minute because uh, Mark... Uh, you have got a very nice voice. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, well, Mark, Mark on the agency is uh, is in that world. So I was kind of, I kind of thinking, you know, maybe I need to start looking into that side of things because, let's be honest, I've always been good with my gob, and yep. I thought, yeah, maybe, maybe that's what we need to do. Maybe I need to look at doing something like that now. I need a creative avenue aside from doing everything else. Um, yes, yeah, and it, I hear that. And it may be that, maybe that's the thing, but I don't know. I'll be honest with you. I feel like I'm at a reset point in my life, and yeah. I need, I need something new. I need to. I need to need to progress now, um, and as much as I feel stale, you know, going back to what you were saying about the light at the end of the tunnel, I might not be able to clearly see a light at the end of the tunnel for agency wise, but I'm very much happy kind of digging in round in that tunnel to see what can be discovered aside from that. You know, I, yeah. I, I want to do, I, I want to do, and I think that's the thing. I feel like I'm being prevented from progression. Yeah. So it will be fine. We'll have we'll have a revisit podcast in a year's time. And if if we're still looking in that bloody tunnel, then it's gone wrong, isn't it? Yeah, but I, I think we should go back to doing our cup of tea with Crafty MC yeah. podcast because yeah. I think that was a really good. Yeah, I think I think there'd be a good market for it as well because there's loads of people that we know that we can do it with that have got massive fan bases yeah so. i think i think we're gonna i think we are gonna revisit that i think we just need to get out of this first little period of of crap and yes, then yeah. once we're out of that we can kind of do you know revise it there, there there were so many ideas i had for that you know even like pointless facts with Pogman. you know yeah. they were they were good they funny. were good little snippets and you know i just felt that we were at the beginning of something that could have been amazing i mean like your podcast works really well the way that you've 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 constructed it and created it and you've built a lovely fan base off the back of that um and i, I just felt that you know we could do something that had some absolute stupid pointless bollocks and do well with it you know joe rogan is yeah. very good at going down that path of you know uh ufos and you know, conspiracies and, you know, he's really good and he's built something absolutely incredible over the years. But I really wanted to go something that was funny, that people listen to, that, 
you know, they'd, they'd want to listen to and laugh their heads off and go, oh, God, that made me feel really good. You know, yeah. and like your podcast, I know, brings, um, you know, brings real happiness to people. I know people that listen to your podcast and they go, oh, God, yeah, it's like I love listening to it. It really, really inspires me with some of the stories that you've had on, you know. And I kind of thought, well, I'd like to do that, but I'd like to do that in the comical aspect, you know, bring, yeah. bring some funniness to people's lives. Look at me thinking I'm a funny guy. I'm guy, fucking though. hilarious. And I, think, <laughs> I think, and the thing is, that's what I say. When say you're funny, I said, no, I'm hilarious. I'm hilarious. Um, Funniest guy I know. I, the thing is, it's a nice thing to do. That's why I love doing this podcast because I love talking to people and I get to talk to really lovely people, either friends of mine or people that I find interesting. Yeah. And it's just a really nice thing to do. For I think you've had hour. some absolutely incredible stories on, like stories. Like, I have. Like some real kind of like taboo subjects that you've had on the podcast where I'd, yeah, some things I, I wouldn't even think about. And you, you have to take that inspiration from other people and what they can kind of teach you. Yeah. You know, as yep. as you well know, you've you've not been well recently and, the, you know, the... the the subject of whatever was causing your your illness, I didn't even know existed. Yeah. So when you were telling me about yeah. it, and I'm like, "Oh my god, is that an actual thing? I didn't I didn't know that was a thing." Yeah. So you know, yeah. there's there's a lot there's a lot that you can inspire with people that probably aren't as knowledgeable on things that I think you're bringing to the table. So yeah, keep keep going with the good keep going with the good work. Just don't let it affect Thanks. don't let it affect your agency work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't worry. Oh, well, thank you so much. That's all right. Yeah, I've got to go to the school run now. Time. You've got to go and to pick your kids up. What we're done. We've done an hour. We've done fifty-four minutes. Yeah. Shall we get one more thing in? Talk about one more thing. We've got time. Talk about one more thing. Yeah. All what right. should we talk about? What one more thing do you want to talk about? I don't know. Has this been? What is your? What's? Who's been your? Oh no, I can't ask you that actually. Who would be your dream person that you could get on the agency if you had your pick of all the DJs? Ooh. I don't. I don't think I have a dream person i think i have a dream i've got a, i wish i had no that's not the right word not i wish i had i would love to have an artist on the roster someone like excision that has um ties in with his own production his own festivals his own like i really love the idea of a of a real creative artist that is involved in so many things being on the roster yeah. because it opens so many doors. Um, yeah. You know, I want to move into the live show element um, where we're, you know, our shows are our shows, not just promoters yes. booking yeah, our yeah, artists. Yeah. Yeah. But I want to, yeah. I want to go into that field. I want to do our own events, and you know, a big. Well, that'd be, I'm good at that. Well, the, the thing is, Alex um, from obviously joining the agency, he was part of the Liquid, Liquid City events, um, and he's now he's now involved in those so he's you know he's picking up skills and techniques that where i've said to him look you know eventually i want to do these live shows and you know if you're going to be at the forefront with me on that you know and it doesn't impact what you're doing elsewhere then then let's do you know something along them lines so yeah my dream artist would be someone who you know was inspiring to others and you know we were very much a part of their development i think yeah. I don't think it would be fair for me to highlight one individual artist, but excision, yeah. excision, and the way that he has his brand—that's yeah. that's what I would love to have on board. I've never heard of that person, Amy. I'm not supposed <laughs> to say that you're in the business. 
know. You know, it's easy to go, oh, I'd love an Ed Sheeran because he brings in so much money. It's not, it's never about the money for me. It's about, it's about the glory You've and the got success. You've like what they do. Yeah, I, I very much want, be I want the success. I want to be the guy that people yeah. go to where they go, I want to book your artists. Like, that's who I, yeah. I want to be that guy. Money comes, like, money comes all the time. Yeah. You know? Money is energy. Money is energy, yeah. I would just like to say, though, that Hatch did say that I was the best agent he'd ever had. Was that before he came onto my roster, though? <laughs> no, that was the other day. Oh, the other day. one of my posts saying, you're the best agent I've ever had. But do you know what? I think that that should translate to... You know Hatch says that to um, every agent he has, though, didn't you? Yeah. And also, <laughs> I'm just I'm really not the best agent you've ever had. I fell into being a DJ agent, and I did the agency with the forward with all the dubstep boys because yeah. I'd worked as an agent. The thing is, though, it, d- it depends what like what you fall into. I think you you you've got to give yourself the credit of relationship as well because t- this industry yeah. is very much on the relationships. And you know, bags bags is a yeah. prime example I'm of someone. I'm very good at the relationship. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, you're loving, professional, not personal. You're, but you are you're you're a loving, warm person. You know. Be, People want to talk to you. You know, you've you've got a bite, but nine times out of ten, you know, you're you're very you're very mumsy in your approach. So people want to yes, they yeah. warm to that. You know, yeah. Um, if you're if you're just a cold calculated agent and you don't really give a shit about who you're looking after, you won't keep that artist. Yeah. You won't. You know, you you might just get money in, but they're they're soulless relationships. Maybe maybe I've gone wrong. Actually, maybe that's what I should be. Maybe that's where I'm going wrong. See, I know I've got. A, f- a mutual friend and I always found his agent to be really unpleasant because he was just all business yeah. and quite rude and not at all nice and I think I'd rather but he was extremely successful but I'm like I don't I don't want to be that person in the world no. I don't want to be an answer no and that and, that, and that's it though nice isn't it that's it and not have any money no that's it <laughs> I, I I don't believe that I need to be a horrible person to do well in life and I agree. Like I say, I might not be, you know, the, the the super agent who's making half a million pound a year, but you know, if I'm not, I, I do want success. I do want that money growth, a hundred percent. But I don't want to get it the way that other people get it. I want to get it the way that I yeah. do it. I want them relationships built. You know, promoters. You know, they'll they'll come back to me all the time and go, oh, you know, that was a great show. Look, let's have a chat about someone else, and we'll have a conversation about something that's not relevant to any of that. You know, the, yeah. the you know hands rampage. You know, I'll, I'll go and see him in Belgium and we'll, we'll sit and have dinner and talk for two hours. And the business is spoken at the end of the conversation where I go, right, should we have so-and-so on the show? And he'll go, yeah, great. Shake hands, off you go. But for the yeah. hour and 55 minutes before that, we were talking about our families and relationships and how good the food was. And, you know, you, you, you've got to build you've got to build relationships to get anywhere in this life. Your network is everything. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Are they fairy lights on your bed? Uh, not fairy lights, they're, they're like flower lights. Such a, I guess like fairy Such lights. a girl. I've got fairy lights all over my house. Yeah, you do, don't you? I really like fairy lights. I put, they make me happy. I may be honest. Fairy lights fairy are not lights. just for Christmas. No. I did put a new light in my kitchen. No, no nice. spotlights. I couldn't believe the difference in aluminum. <laughs> this, is how you know, this is how you know you're 40 plus and a dad. I can't believe how good the, the Illumini of the lights are. Absolutely fantastic. I've decided to do it on the other side of the room now. That's that's how old I am now. I'm talking about lighting in my house and going, wow. With my Christmas present from the gym, I bought myself a heated... Oh, no, I bought myself house phones. House phones? Where do you live? 1990. 
my mum on my house phone. It's handy to have. I'm on my, on my mobile reception in my house is shit. So if I've got to phone the doctors and be on hold for ages, the amount of times I've done that and the fucking phone's cut out when they've answered, they can't hear me so they hang up. Yeah. So I do need... I definitely to, feel that mobile phone. phone technology should be much better than what it is at the minute. Yeah. And the fucking... We were supposed to have a mast up round here. I don't know if it's going to happen, but everyone was really kicking off because of all the 5G radiation that's going to kill us. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't get any fucking reception in my house. I don't mind the radiation that, if it can yeah. reach the house. <laughs> um, yeah, it's not It's not affecting me. No. Thus far. No. But... I, I, do you know what? I read into that 5G thing and because I really wanted to get to the bottom of it. I couldn't understand how they were going to put up these masts and we were all going to die from it. I was like, that's not allowed. That's... Yeah. And it all came from, I think it was a typo from this guy's report on 5G. <laughs> And it all stemmed from a typo. And I was like, oh, my God, have we all got or lost our shit based on the fact that this guy had put, he'd put a zero at the end instead of, like, he basically typed it wrong. And was like, no, I didn't put that. Yeah. It was supposed to be this. And everyone's like, oh, God, you're killing the birds. Oh, that was great. That was great. It's like I live in a really heavily polluted area. My house is between the M11 and the A406. Yeah. You know, I'm like, my children's school is a stone's throw. And I don't even really think about that. But surely I should be much more worried about the car pollution rather than the... I'd be more worried about the shit that we're putting in our bodies from the supermarkets than I would the 5G, personally. So, yeah. My mum's actually moved today, moved house. Where's she moved to? She's moved to a place called Takeley, just south of Stansted. She's now closer to you than she is to me, basically. Oh, well, that's understandable. Yeah, yeah. Well, she did say, I want to be closer to Amy. And I went, well... Yeah. You know. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, there. So, I'm going to go see her tomorrow. Oh, lovely. There you go. How's that for ending your podcast? That's beautiful. (laughs) Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. Thank you for having me. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Very welcome. I think we covered a range of topics. Yeah, we talked about... Depression. Depression. Happiness. Volcanoes. Yep, yeah, the music industry. Yeah, we covered a range. I think that's... Yeah. We'll have to see if your listeners want me back. We'll see if we can get it back. I think there's going to be a, a want for the cup of tea with Crafty MC. Just a want for me in general. Podcast. Yeah. Well, they're only human. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, lovely. All right, this has been a cup of tea with Amy. Safe. <laughs> right, God love you. I better go pick the kids up. Love you. Yeah, all right. Well, um, say bye. 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 Bye, everybody on the podcast. And and if you want me back, just hit up Amy on Instagram and say get get him back, and we'll do a yes. we'll do a funnier one next time rather than one about you know the struggles of life. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do a funny one. You wish. What wish for struggles right. or wish for funny? Bye. Bye. So yes, that's the lovely Paul. He did save my life. I mean, you know, I work for him, but yeah, he's a, he's a good man. So, yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. And hopefully you will get to hear a cup of tea with Crafty MC one day because we've chatted to some really amazing people and there are loads more that we can talk to. So it'd be a shame if we didn't do it. But obviously he, as you know, is a very busy person. So it's hard to pin him down. But yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. As I said, please get in touch if you have any guest suggestions or topics you'd like me to talk about or if you have any questions for me if there's anything you'd like to know hit me up I might do an episode where I just kind of answer people's questions 
But yeah, I hope you're good. Stay safe and sane. Big love to you. Check out the Epic Mum Chat on YouTube if you haven't already. If you don't know about that, I do a series of videos um, with a lovely girl, Nikki. And we chat about different relationship stuff and parenting and stuff. And it's, it's good. So yeah, the Epic Mum Chat. You can find me on the socials at Mama Mum Pod. Mama Mama Pod. Work. And yeah, I think that's about it really. Big love to Work. you all. Stay safe, stay sane, and I'll see you next week. Bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.